0: You're listening to the Reconciling Hope Podcast, where the leadership team of Gospel Hope Church discusses how the Bible transforms our beliefs, actions, and impacts our relationship with God and with others.
1: Hey, well, good morning, Gospel Hope, and welcome to another episode of the Reconciling Hope Podcast. And uh, if you've been following us, you know we wrapped up our series in the book of Daniel, and now we are in. Uh, another series entitled Reasons, plural, Reasons for the Season, and so uh, we pray that you would uh, dial in and uh, really um, uh, just kind of join us in just this brief three-week series as we try to uh, arm ourselves or encourage ourselves with understanding more deeply the reasons that Jesus actually came, and so Pastor Ryan kicked off that series for us. Uh, with a message um, uh, this past Sunday. And uh, kind of the big idea there is that salvation should fill us with both appreciation and amazement. Salvation should fill us with both appreciation and amazement. And, uh, you know, so Ryan, you know, as you were working through that, you talked about this idea that as we unpack or kind of stay with the season motif, as we unwrap, uh, this beautiful gift of our salvation. You gave us three big ideas. Uh, and one of and one of the gifts of our salvation as we unwrapped uh, the passage from John there, um, John six, and uh, it was that uh, we received recognition, recognition. Uh, and when you were unwrapping that for us, you made this statement that the ability to see Jesus clearly is one of the fundamental things that we gain. And uh, I have a question for you regarding that. And it is, what do you feel like uh, obscures our vision? Because everybody can see Jesus with the old, you know, the the two eyes, but not necessarily see him in a way that that translates to salvation. Why is that? And what is it that obscures our vision?
0: Yeah, I think the, the theological answer to that question is the devil. Um, You know, second Corinthians chapter four says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes so they cannot see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, I think in, you know, 21st century American culture, um, the devil is a master of distraction. Um, you, you won't find um, tons of cases. I mean, they're out there, but tons of cases of people just outright denying Jesus or saying like, that's a hoax or whatever that, that happens. But I think the vast majority of folks are simply distracted. Um, they're looking at other things and listen, the devil doesn't care if you're distracted or denying so long as you're not giving attention to Christ and who he is. So You know, the world and technology, and and when I say the world, I mean the world system, the system that's under Satan's thumb, as it were, has gotten increasingly complex in its ability to keep our attention off the main thing. So you can do a lot of good things in this life, um, but if you miss the main thing, um, you know, you've lost sight of what really matters and that's Christ. So I think distraction is a major, major thing. So from technology to work to um, even family and friends, great things, gifts, but not ultimate things. And anytime we make it a good thing, an ultimate thing, it makes a bad God. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so, so that, idea of spiritual blindness really speaks to the heart of, you know, the differentiation between being a believer or an unbeliever. But Mm -hmm. even amongst believers, um, there is uh, not an element of blindness, but there was another comment that you made uh, about how um, our performance versus our position, I'll let Mm -hmm. you articulate the point more clearly, but how, how we can Again, uh, believe that our personal performance somehow affects our position, and that's really aimed at the the heart of the believer. And I believe the second point you made, which is around in salvation, we not only gain recognition, proper recognition of Jesus, but also refuge. If yeah. I'm not mistaken,
0: yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, I think the way that I said it in the message is something like, um, you know, our position before the Lord never has been and never will be based in our performance for the Lord. Um, Mm -hmm. In other words, God does not accept us because we do. Um, Mm -hmm. He accepts us based on what has been done on our behalf through Jesus. And you know what? That's really hard for us to get our minds around because we are all by nature performance-driven in some way, shape, or form. And, and the thing is, the doctrine of the love of God is not a, like a super easy doctrine in the scripture. While in one sense, um, God's love for his people is unconditional, You know, we are accepted in him because of Christ, there's also another sense in which we can please or displease God. I mean, that that really happens. I think the analogy that's been most helpful for me is that, you know, Rod, you have children, I have children, and um, there is nothing our children can do to unchild themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, they have a position of being our children until the day they die, they will be our children. There's nothing they can do to change that. And yet, there's a relationship that they can have with us that they can either please or displease us. And I think that's always been helpful for me. Like, if you've trusted in Jesus, you are secure, you are a child, ain't nothing you can do going to change that. But at the same time, you have a relationship with the Lord to cultivate. But sometimes we can, we can smuggle in our performance into our position. And so when we have a bad day, um, when we're really struggling with a habit of sin, all of a sudden we feel like, well, God can't possibly love us. But I think it's in those moments, we really need to remember That Christ died, not just to enable us to do right, he did that, but Mm -hmm. Christ died to make us members of the family and that he won't lose us and he won't let go of us even when we blow it. So, man, I think that's a a truth that all Christians – it's a nuanced truth, but it's Mm -hmm. a a truth that all Christians need to really press down in their heart even when we sinned in the same way for the 10,000th time. And we all have those habits in our life where we're like, ah, I'm sick of myself. I mean, why do I keep saying that or thinking that or acting that way? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we're not accepted based on what we do, but we're accepted based on what Christ has accomplished on our behalf. So we have a position in Christ and we have performance in Christ and those things, we can't overlap them. We can't smuggle one into the other
1: that's good and and uh, how about the genius of our God actually identifying himself to us as a father so that's that right analogy of the position of the father the position of the child are not one or lost in performance um but there is definitely an impact on the relationship the sense of fellowship the sense of closeness and intimacy is impacted by our yeah. sin or not sin in our in our lifestyle and
0: I think you need to hear that depending on where you're at in your heart like man, am I prone to really um, doubt God's love for me? Well, you need to lean into this unconditional aspect. Um, yeah. Are you prone to just kind of be like, well, God's got me and over here wilding out? Well, yes. you need to lean into this, oh, but I can please or displease my father. I want to please him aspect. Both of those aspects of God's fatherhood should be you know, the meditation of our heart and mind.
1: That's awesome. That's that's good. That's good word. Um, so the third point um, that you that you worked out for us um, uh, again, just in review, it was we gain recognition, the ability to see Christ uh, properly. We gain refuge, which translates to our safety, and then of course there is the resurrection. Um, we we are we are we are welcomed into eternal life. We experience resurrection life, if you will. Um, and what the analogies that you use in the sermon to help us appreciate that was this idea of the the analogy of the eclipse and how kind of, you know, prior to modern times, the first time that someone would have seen an eclipse, it would have been a very frightening uh, experience, prone to drive anxiety, uh, et etc et cetera. But the more we learn about the reality of an eclipse, it actually did in some I don't know if you could do an eclipse party at your house or not, but but in our culture we have folks that really celebrate that because now they have a new knowledge of what that reality is about. What are the realities of the resurrection that you feel like we are really missing in our day that cause us to live a life of anxiety in light of the reality of death? I don't know. That's a right. multi it's a single, it's it's a single layer question, but you get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think um Man, let's be honest. It is, it is easy for us to view death as ultimate, mm-hmm. um, as final. Um, because, you know, Shakespeare said it. It's the undiscovered country. Like, w- w- we haven't gone there and seen it and been back to tell the tale. And right. so that's where I think if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to view death with the lens of faith. You really mm-hmm. have to say Yes, death is the undiscovered country for you and I, but for Christ, it's not. Like he's been through the door of death and he has emerged victoriously and promised that life is available on the other side of death for his people. So in the analogy of eclipse, when we understand what's actually going on there, it transforms our experience of it. So I don't think... I'm not suggesting that death isn't sorrowful. I'm not suggesting that death is meaningless. I'm not suggesting that like Christians should be clamoring to die. That's not what I'm saying, but I am saying that if we're having a biblical perspective, a faith filled uh, view of even death, it means that, that, that it's not our master. It's not an ultimate thing. Jesus brought death itself to bear. He is the master of death. And if we are his, he has authoritatively promised us new life. He said it twice in that passage. And I will raise them up on the last day. So if we believe the words of our savior, our perspective, our experience
1: of death should be transformed. Amen. Amen. So we've talked now about a couple of different cultural pinch points. It's, you know even in the first point whether it be distractions or, or here with uh our performance orientation from from our childhood up through obviously what we do for careers uh we talked about cultural moments around just the way we fear and view death was there an additional or some other cultural moment that was really reigning in your mind as you prepared this message
0: well two really and we've we've kind of alluded to them what one, one is the title of the message is reasons for the or the series is reasons for the season and um, I don't want to be cliche but it really is easy to get distracted during this time and focus on everything but Jesus and so you know as as you and I talked about this idea trying to refocus our church um, on what Jesus himself said I have come you know this week to do the will of God which was to save his people from their sins so I I really want our church family to be focused on, you know. I'm all about the celebrations and gathering with family, and man, have a great time in that. But at the end of the day, really, let's let this Christmas season be be saturated with meditations on Christ and His work on our behalf. I mean, i I don't want to I don't want to arrive at Christmas and be like, all of a sudden, oh man, I. I haven't even thought about my Savior and how he has rescued me. So that's, that's one. And then the second issue is I think that word that Jesus says, I will raise them up on the last day, in light of our pandemic that's going on and the fact that all of us are, are thinking about death more, um, mm-hmm. it's a great reminder for us to have a biblical perspective on death. Um, you know, no doubt when this thing is all over, many folks in our church, in our community will have lost people that they hold dear. Already that's happened, you know. Um, By God's grace, we haven't lost anybody in our congregation, and I pray that doesn't happen. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if it does, we need to have a perspective that says, uh, by God's grace, we're really going to believe that death, it's a doorway. It's the segue to a next chapter. It's not the end of the story. Mm One of
1: the things that we regularly talk about as a church is uh, growing uh in our in three basic relationships kind of as an expression a practical expression of our mission right we want to make disciples who are growing in the gospel so upward in their relationship with god um as a family into one another uh, while on mission so in their relationship with the world Uh, was there a particular one of those three that was really kind of high in your mind or in view as you were working through the material?
0: Yeah, I I think I was primarily thinking about our relationship with the Lord because Jesus is essentially in this passage in John 6 laying out a banquet for his people and saying, look, this is what I've done for you. I have come for this purpose, and I want to fill you with kind of this rich fare, as it were, so that you can remember that salvation is a multifaceted gift and I think then, if we really appreciate that and are amazed by the work of the Savior, it is going to propel us in our relationship with the world. Like, man, Jesus is the reason for the season. I'm, I know, I know it's like cutesy and, and, and all of that, but like, man, this gift of salvation is amazing. And so, as we're talking with those who may not have the same relationship with God that, that we have, let's remind people that the greatest gift in the world is what Jesus has done on behalf of his people. So I was thinking primarily upward and then
1: outward. Great, great. So one final question. We we love to kind of close these by considering how this message uh, reveal or displays the reconciling hope of the gospel. Kind of be our tour guide here and help us with that. Where, where do we see it?
0: Yeah, um, just in Jesus's confidence that he would fulfill his father's mission. He said, I have come to do the will of my father. And then he unpacked for us what that meant that he had come to rescue people from their sins. He had come to give sight to the blind. So I think the reconciling hope is even if you can't see Jesus right now, even if you think he's silly or outdated or outmoded, no one is too blind to be given Mm -hmm. eyes to see like Your vision cannot possibly be bad enough uh, that Christ cannot open your eyes. So I think that's the reconciling hope. No matter where you're at, because of Jesus, you can have a right relationship with God. You can be reconciled to God and in the process, reconciled to others who have trusted in the Savior as well.
1: Amen. Well, Gospel Hope family, and those of you who may not be a part of Gospel Hope family who choose to tune in, I hope you've been blessed by these. We'll be continuing for, again, another couple of weeks in the same vein, reasons for the season. I hope what you walk away with are fresh encouragements for your own heart uh, to keep you grounded in your focus of what the main thing is of the Christmas season. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. should you choose to have a large or medium or small scale gathering for Christmas, that, man that these will be some of the table talking points almost all of our family gatherings invariably include someone who may be not a believer or at least on the fringe and here's a great way to uh center uh gospel you know in center the gospel in some of our celebration and family talks hopefully we can arm you with a few of those points or If you're out there at the S5 just elbowing somebody to trying to get to a, uh, you know, PS5, uh, you can just kind of share the gospel with them, but not with an elbow, you know, maybe (laughs) the one being elbowed. Um, So anyway, (laughs) Um, but uh, hey, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll see you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Reconciling Hope podcast. Be sure to subscribe for future content on podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Gospel Hope Church is located in Atlanta, Georgia, with the mission of making disciples who are growing in the gospel as a family while on mission. If you're interested in learning more, tune into our Facebook Live services, Sundays at 11 a.m., or check out gospelhopechurch.com.